Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our second episode of the Blurp Founder Story Chat. I am your host, Daryl Lawson, the co-founder and CEO of Blurp, a social networking app where you can have your voice heard without being censored. And today, I have the honor and pleasure to interview Keith Lewis out of the New York City area. And um, he's a serial entrepreneur slash management accountant. And he's going to talk to us today about his entrepreneurial projects and as well as his basketball run app. Welcome, Keith. Hey, what's going on, man? Thank oh, you for having me. No problem, man. Um, how how's the weather out on the East Coast these days? Um, it's actually pretty nice out today. You know, uh, went for a ride early this morning. Um, it's probably about like low eighties, maybe high seventies. So it's cool, man. And I'm on vacation, so you know, can't beat that right now. <laughs> nice, man. Good to have vacation and have you know recapture some mental health days. Very important, man. All oh, right, man. Can't so say the, it enough, man. Absolutely, man. So the first, so the first question I want to hit you today is, um, what made you get into the accounting profession? You know, when folks hear accounting, it's like being counting. It's a lot of numbers. You don't have a life. Tax time. Can you do my <laughs> tax return and all of that stuff? What made you want to get into that field? Yo, it's funny because when I was in high school, um, I went to Hempstead High School in New York, in Long Island, and um. When I was there, there was an accounting course that you could take. So I took that accounting course. I, I felt pretty good with numbers when I was young, mm -hmm. but I didn't think I would ever end up in the accounting field. You right. know, when I was in high school, I was looking at a rap career. I thought I was going to be the next Lil Wayne or whoever have you um, on the stage, right. to be honest with you, man. And after graduating, we've had, I had a couple friends that ended up making it into the industry. So nice. I had friends like the product GMB, they signed mm -hmm. up with Wyclef, uh, mm -hmm. Bula, who went on to have a, a recording deal or a production deal with Rockefeller, mm -hmm. as well as other guys that were in the industry. And my, my thought process behind that was like, it would be great to be able to do accounting for these guys that are in the entertainment industry right. and be able to show them how to handle their finances and yep. how to invest in themselves and things of that nature. And, you know, that's kind of what spawned me even jumping into the accounting field, you know, and then after a number of years of school and work and everything along those lines, I went a little bit of a pivot to, as opposed to just personal individuals, right. I was interested in how companies move. How do they try to build their revenue? How are they, what's their strategy like? How are they looking to move in order to gain their, their advantages within the marketplace? And that then took a more of a stronghold for me. So that's when, how I got to where I'm at now and what my love for the accounting field has been. Now that's fantastic, man. I don't, I don't meet too many, you know, young black men that want to go into the accounting profession. They always want to go into finance. And I see that you didn't let the Enron scandal discourage you. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. You know, but funny enough, I do have, I have a degree, an associate's degree in accounting and a bachelor's degree in finance. Oh, so wow. it's been, it's been great for me because I get to see the best of both worlds. You know, when, mm -hmm. when you go into a company, the accounting field is all about saving money and the finance field is always looking at spending money. Right. Right. And they usually butt heads. They don't tend sure. to work well together right. one another one another right. i've had the pleasure of being able to understand both sides of the perspective and be that person that could kind of bring the accounting people and the finance people closer to the table in order to get things done so it's been an advantage from that standpoint 
Good to hear, man. Good to hear. Um, so, another, so one more accounting question. So, what made you want to um, go the management accounting route instead of the CPA? Um, well, while I was in school, I knew that taxes and I knew that like auditing was not an interest to me. Sure. Um, like I said before, I was interested in how do you build a company? You know, how to really grow a company, things of that nature. And I felt that was more in line with the management accountant. Now, you can't really go wrong with the CPA or CMA. It's really about where you want to sit in that finance or accounting yep. field. You know, when you look at um, CPA, that's more of an ex external perspective. So right. you're looking at making sure that they're following compliances, are their taxes in line, things of that nature, are they doing what they need to do from an audit perspective. And when you're looking at it from a CMA route, you're looking at it more from an internal perspective and you're looking at how are we gonna do revenue generation? What's gonna be our monitoring systems? How are we gonna grow the business? How are we gonna take into account our expenses? How are we gonna do reporting? It's really from a more strategic standpoint, and that was what my interest was, more so than the accounting piece or the audit piece. Now, that's important, man. I don't even think a lot of people even know that you can be a management accountant. You know, when folks hear accounting, a lot of folks get turned off, especially some in our community. Oh, I got to do the CPA, and I got to find the right school and the credits. But, you know, for those who are interested in becoming a management accountant, you know, feel free to get in touch with Keith. He'll provide his information towards the end of our interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now you, now you have an interesting app, man. I've seen several different people have tried to duplicate it or come up with something similar. You know, I think Meta World Peace is trying to come up with something similar, but yours seem more like participative. It's more national. And it's an app called the Run App, man. So why don't you tell us about the Run App? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the founder of the Run App is Adiyinka Ogunloa, who is... Um, He's actually a more so a friend of mine, and he actually was talking to me about this app or talking to me about the concept of that. Now, this is something that has been in the making for him and has been his baby from years ago. Mm. Um, he's a basketball coach, a trainer. He's been working in the industry, in the sports industry for a number of years. And he actually owned a sneaker store out in Long Island as well, an Island Garden Gym that's mm. right over there off of um, Hempstead Turnpike. Okay. So me and him have done business deals before. He has had a clothing line before. Okay. I worked with him in order to get it into some of the stores and everything mm -hmm. and worked him a, with him a little bit on his sneaker store as well. But when this came to the fold, it was like we really wanted to be able to work together and for us to really build together with it. You know, he had the concept and everything. And he saw that there was a void in the basketball world now, yeah. especially for the youth. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of kids are playing AAU ball. A lot of kids are going on these travel teams and things of that nature. Right. Not too many people are doing pickup ball anymore. No. In our, in our era, oh, it was yeah. more so about you going to the park, yep. you're playing people from all across the, all across like the Triborough and yep. things of that nature. You're going to Brooklyn, Queens, yep. um, Manhattan, the Bronx. You're playing people, you're playing people yep. out on Long Island. And it's all about the competition of the game. That's how you were really building your skills. Yep. Whereas kids aren't doing as much of that. Yep. Um, not only that, it was a bureaucracy in terms of the basketball. The guys that had the most skills or the ones that played the most were the ones that 
were highlighted the most. Mm -hmm. You know, coaches that coached certain teams, they got that type of recognition because of who they were. Yeah. And he wanted to kind of take that, take that away from what's the dynamic now. And that's how he came up with the idea for Run, where it's like, look, this is an app where you can go on to the, onto a community, a social network. You can find different core finder locations, mm -hmm. go play pickup basketball, build your skills, work on your confidence, do all those other things, and be incentivized by it. Earning points, great gaining things to your profile. We also have a little secret source that we're keeping under wraps until the app is out, but it was really to kind of foster kids being able to go out and play. You know, our mission is we want to build health consciousness, confidence, and encouragement while uniting communities. Our vision is to provide an experience that connects people around the world through sports with ease. And that's what we're looking to do with the run app. Interesting, man. I am just a bit curious, though. So when you have folks checking into these courts, how are they checking in? Are they, do, are they using, like, location, geolocation tagging? Where they at this court, they checking into West 4th Playground or, Absolutely. you know, Kennedy Park in Hempstead. They doing that type of thing? Absolutely. Checking in. And the great thing about it is not only can you connect with your friends, but people that you play with, they can give you props for the way that you play. You know, it's not uh -huh. only about just your skills. It's also about your sportsmanship, right. what's your attitude about it, your defense, all of these other different things that are a part of the game. It's not only about um, what you're able to do, how you're able to score baskets, but also how you play the game. Do okay. you have that sportsmanship? Are you really about team play? Are you, you get props for all of those type of things within that. And are you at liberty to talk about the point system on how you earn points within the app that, that insensitize users? Um, to use the app or you're still early? We're still at the early stages. Right okay. now, we, well, knocking on, on wood, we uh, submitted to the Apple um, App Store. Mm. Uh, we had a little bit of a process, as you know, with Blurp. Yep, it's yep. always a process, right? It so is. we're going through the process of sending the app to them. They had some changes they wanted to see, things of that nature. We've made that happen. Now it's back in their hands. So we're hoping that we'll be able to uh, bring that to the forefront and talk a little bit more about that um, right. as we move forward with it. But we're excited, though. We're excited. No, awesome. And um, so let's say after you clear the Apple hurdle and you launch, how many cities do you plan to be active in when you first come out? Oh, we're looking to be worldwide. We're looking to connect with people worldwide. Um, I think right now we've, we have um, probably a couple hundred uh, individuals that are already signed up to do beta testing. Nice. They're ready to beta test the app and everything along those lines. We've also started to collaborate with different companies in order to do runs within the New York area. We've done a couple in DC already. We've nice. been looking at Atlanta as well as California. Nice. Um, we actually just did a rooftop run on Monday, that was in Manhattan. Cool. And we did an indoor run for the young ladies that was on this Thursday. And then a week and a half ago, we did another girls run that was actually in Rockville Center. It got picked up on News 12. It was, it was nice. really exciting. It was a great time. Um, and the kids love it. You know, they, that I think the main focus is to make sure that the youth are involved, that they're finding not only camaraderie, but they're building their confidence through playing the game in a pickup way and, and uh, really fostering that and bringing that back to the fold for everybody 
that may not be aware of it. You know, the young, the youth aren't as aware of pickup basketball, you know? Right. No, this is solid, man. And, and I definitely like the app. Um, are you going to, is, are you having an Android version as well? Or are you just going to yeah. be iOS starting out? We're going to start out with iOS starting out. Um, we definitely plan on going the Android route, but I think with our marketing, the way that we're looking to present it and push it out, we're looking forward to really getting a lot of traction with iOS. And then after that, moving to the Android version, um, we've had the pleasure of being able to partner with a company named Powerhands, mm -hmm. as well as a couple other um, partners that are assisting us in that process and really yep. putting us out there. And mm -hmm. they're more of a training type of equipment that's made for sports, anything right. from football, basketball, things of that nature. And we've been able to roll out some really great things. We've done Run Up Live, which is every Sunday nice. on Instagram, where we're interviewing different people that have played ball professionally, that are currently playing ball professionally overseas, playing ball in college, um, some that are on their way to college, and really not only talking about what they're doing in terms of their sports and how they're scoring baskets and things of that nature, but really talking about what's the essence of what got them to where they got to and how much pickleball has played into that. And ironically, I found that even some of the younger guys that and, and girls that have been playing, mm -hmm. some of them do know what pickleball is. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have parents that played sports either professionally or on a collegiate level. So it's been great, but we want to make sure that more people are doing it and the youth are more involved than ever. No, absolutely, man. Um, no, it's a fantastic app. You guys can do so many different things with it, man. And I'm, and I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye out on it. So absolutely, I'm putting man. the battery to your back. You got to make this work. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's the goal, man. So cool. So now let's talk a little about your entrepreneurial journey. You know, we're prompted you to, you know, to start your journey, you know, um, was it the economy was it you just need to kind of, you know, create different revenue streams or it was a dream you wanted to pursue? Um, I think it was a combination of all of those things. Um, I remember like as far back as when I was probably in middle school, me and a couple of friends would always get together when it was uh, those snowstorms mm. and we would head out to Rockville Center and the areas around us and we yeah. would you know, shovel the snow, pick up a couple dollars to be yep. able to go buy sneakers or football cars or basketball cars. So the entrepreneurial spirit was always there. Right. Um, I think as I got older and going through college and really like seeing the dynamic of the world and how things work, um, it's only so far that you're going to get working for somebody. You'll learn a lot. You'll be able to grow a lot. But it's something that's different come, that comes to the fold when it's yours. Um, and I unfortunately had, I guess it was a blessing in disguise. Right. Um, it was not too far after I passed my CMA exam and I was with the company and I just thought for sure, okay, here's the promotion. Right. I'm going to get all of these things mm -hmm. just past CMA part two. I'm officially a CMA and they decided that they were going to move in another direction, you know, and I don't know if it was because of the pay or what it was. Per, per se, you know, I, I got a lot of answers of what the situation could be, but it was right. very vague. Sure. And I vowed then that I would never put myself or my family in a position where I'm relying 100% on a company That's right. in order to be able to feed my family or to have a livelihood, you know, and, and with that, 
I began doing a lot of public speaking. More so it was kind of talking about what my experiences were. You know, it wasn't necessarily as a revenue generation thing for me initially. Mm -hmm. It was more so I wanted people to understand, especially the youth that are coming out of college. Look, getting into one of those great companies, being able to build that is a great thing. Right. All hats off to you. But also understand that you also have something within you right. that you can build as well. You yeah. know, learn how to be able to manage both. You're, you're going to, we're in that world today where most entrepreneurs are not just starting out right. without working a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of it. Most of us are starting out doing our nine to fives and doing a little bit on the side in order to build our company, gain that traction, yeah. do those things of that nature, just because we can't afford to just drop everything and right. just pursue a company, you know? So um, I just say with that, that was kind of what led me into the public speaking arena. And yeah. through that, I've been able to get a lot of opportunities to do public speaking. You so graciously invited me on, you right. know, to Blurp TV to do an interview. That's right. And it's been able to push me in a trajectory where now I can generate revenue off of my profession, off of my yeah. knowledge, and off of my expertise, which yeah. it, it holds a lot of weight and it puts a lot of ease on your shoulders as well. It's a lot of stress that comes with it. Sure, it's just, yeah. it, you know, but would, would you rather be stressed working for somebody only or stressed over something that's yours that you know that you can pass down to your family? I'll choose the latter, you know? Totally feel you on that, man. Yes. Um, same type of story. You know, um, the recession happened. You know, the world changed. It used to be when we were coming up, you go to college, you get a degree. It didn't even matter what school you went to, right? You have a job, you get a master's, you have a better job, you're straight. Now, when the recession happened, it became, um, it's not about who you know, but it's, it, now it's about, it's not about who you know, but who knows you, right? So you have to add value now. You have to brand yourself and you have to have a plan A, B, C, D, and E, man. Like, so mm -hmm. you're totally doing it the right way, man. And I appreciate you being transparent about your own particular reason for wanting to be an entrepreneur, as well as touching on why we can't just quit our nine to fives and we need to um, keep a revenue source to keep us healthy. Because um, the one thing I notice is an uneven playing field out here, right? So us in our community, we don't necessarily have the resources to be able to just, you know, pursue our dreams full time, have all our bills paid, eat healthy, look good and maintain yourself. That's impossible to do all those things. And a lot of people get that backstory missed. So I'm really glad mm -hmm. that you brought those mm -hmm. things up. So that's yeah, one of the Another quick thing also that people need to really take into thought when they're going through this process is you need to have a strategy. You know, um, a lot of times when we think of strategy, we think of it from a business perspective. Right. We think about it, okay, how are we strategically going to build a company? Right. You can take that same concept of a strategy and implement it to you as an individual. Yeah. What's your strategy? Who are you looking to attract with what you're doing on a personal basis? Yep. How are you looking to put yourself out there? What type of community you want to be involved in? Yep. And use those things that people apply to a business standpoint when they're looking at a strategy and use it for your personal benefit and That's use right. it for your personal gain. Be able to put yourself out there on LinkedIn and grow your networks and things of that nature. You can use it the same way. Cool. No, absolutely. So you kind of touched on this a bit with your public speaking background. 
So um, can you just talk a little bit more about um, besides public speaking, or if it was just public speaking, excuse me, can't talk. <laughs> yeah, How did you go about building your brand as an entrepreneur, leveraging public speaking and other um, tactics? Um, so I started out doing public speaking and it, the first um, event that I did was at Drexel University um, under the IMA umbrella, which they are the ones that administer the CMA exam, which I passed. So I'm currently the president of that chapter. At that time, I was not. But um, I had a unique situation I was going through in terms of the direction of my career. Mm -hmm. And I was asked if I wanted to do an hour speech about, okay, you've passed your CMA. What do you do now? How do you put yourself out there? How many people are going through that type of same, that same situation? Those that may not be right out of college that have a CMA or a CPA, but those that are kind of like in the middle of their careers where you're really looking to pivot or transition from where you are now and move to that next level. Mm. And I felt like I had an interesting perspective in terms of that, just because I was going through it at the time. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was in the thick of it, yeah. going through those highs and the lows with it. And it started out doing, doing the public speaking there. And I met somebody that liked what I was talking about they invited me out to Widener University and it kind of extended to a lot of the schools within Pennsylvania. And I even was able to speak internationally out in Toronto at the accounting and finance show. Nice. Now, when I was actually studying for my CMA, I was doing it through a program um, by Nathan Lau, which is called the CMA Academy. Mm-hmm. And me, me and spoke a couple of times after the, after the fact, did a podcast with them. After that, he told me, hey, look, I'm looking to roll out an accelerated course. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in teaching it? Mm. Boom, there it goes, <laughs> you know, and I've been, now I'm teaching a CMA course uh, pretty much quarterly, close mm-hmm. to around the time that the CMA um, is administered. Yep. It's been a little bit of a standstill with COVID and everything, oh. but um, that's been something that I've been doing as well as like I'm kind of full-fledged in the run thing right now. It's like between those two and the full-time job, that's kind of like where I've been putting most of my energy to. Sure. But I have jumped on Instagram, putting things out there, putting information out there, videos for individuals, and looking to build it. You know, my LinkedIn following is a lot bigger sure. than my Instagram. So now yep. it's a different dynamic. You know, yeah, it's a absolutely. Like we said, strategy, right? Yep. So the way that you address people and get to connect with people on Instagram, it's completely different than the way that you would approach it on LinkedIn. You know, now I'm just looking to build that on Instagram and then see where it takes me from there. It sounds like this certified management accountant exam sounds like a lot about this. It sounds like as difficult as the charter financial analyst exam. My (laughs) God, man. Well, you know, it is, um, from what I've seen, it's, one of the top three exams in the accounting and finance space. So you figure there is the CFA, which is a hard exam. Um, Chartered, what is that? The Charter Financial Financial Analyst. Yep. Right. That exam, CPA, which is more auditing. And then there's the CMA. Those are probably like the top three. The exam was two parts, four hours long, um, 100 questions, multiple choice, and two essay questions at the end. In order for you to make it to the essay part, you had to get at least 50% right 
mm. on the CM on the multiple choice piece um, for each one of the exams. So it it definitely is a difficult exam, but it's doable. You know, every everything that you're going to enjoy the fruits of the labor, enjoy what's on the other end yeah. is going to take work to get through. Sure. You'll have your bumps in the road. You'll have your time where you're like, I don't know if I can do this, or you're going to have those things where it's really about a confidence check for you. And you have to be able to get through that. You have to really be able to face adversity yeah. where it's at, acknowledge that it's adversity and that you really are kind of like in shark's water and, yeah. and understand and sit in that space. You know, one thing for me in going through my career and it took some time to, to grow to that point, sure. but facing adversity, self-reflection and building on what you started are like some of the key things that you have to do. You have to be willing to self-reflect. Yes. You have to look at what you've done was, and you have to be brutally honest. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's not about just looking at yourself and saying, Hey, I did this in the past, or I did that in the past. You have to be more critical of yourself than anybody else will. That's right. Because you have to be willing to look yourself in the mirror and look yourself in the mirror and say, look, you know, I didn't do this 100%. I could have improved on this yep. and be willing to address it and face it. Yep. If you're willing to do that and you're, will, you're willing to self-reflect and, and go through that adversity portion, you'll be successful at the end. You know, it's, it's about what your success is going to be. My success may look different from your right. success or another success, but those are like key metrics. You have to be willing to self-reflect. You have to be willing to face adversity where it's at. And you have to be, the other thing a mentor of mine told me a long time ago is you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Yep. You need to put yourself in positions where you're not comfortable. That's when you grow the most. So putting yourself in a position where you're, you don't really know all of the parameters of it. You don't really know how to navigate it. That's where you grow the most. Now, that's excellent advice, man. And for those out there listening and watching, man, the, the, the motto is be tough and stretch yourself to get to where you want to go, man. Right on, Keith. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Absolutely. So with all of your success and hustle, man, now we're going to go into work-life balance. So how do you manage work-life balance with your family, career, and business, and any helpful tips that you can provide to um, those that are listening and those who may need some assistance in that category? Um, Work-life balance for me is still, is still a challenge. It's always a challenge. It's something that is ongoing. Um, I think the one thing that you have to be willing to do is you have to be willing to unplug sometimes, as hard as it may be. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very is. hard. It's very, very hard to unplug sometimes, but sometimes you do have to take that time to really unplug and escape from what it is that you're dealing with yep. and finding hobbies that relax you, things yes. that put you in a space where you're able to clear your mind. Right. I, I'm, I'm like a big proponent of this, the whiteboard behind me. Yep. I don't like to keep too much in the mind. Right. I like to put it out so that way I'm not constantly running the mill in my mind yes. of, oh, I need to do this or I need to do that. You know, right. you have to be able to organize as well. You know, right. that's, that's the, one of the key things in being able to look at yourself, unplug, and also being willing to say, you know what, 
no matter what takes place, I need to do this on this date. I need to do this. Give yourself deadlines. Yep. Always look at yourself from a short-term and a long-term basis. Yep. You have short-term goals, you knock them out. You have long-term goals. So if you fall down somewhere in the middle, it's fine. But you have to have that work-life balance in order to, one, have a happy home and right. to be happy inside. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to do it without. But everybody has their own, um, I guess, situations or circumstances in sure. which how much of it is going to be tolerated right, <laughs> and right. how much is not going to be tolerated. So you have to find that balance yeah. that works for you, you know. No, I appreciate that transparency, man, because sometimes when you hear these gurus out here on work-life balance, they love to say, oh, you know, Monday to Friday from 5 to 5, you do this. And then from 6 to 10, you know, you just kick back, drink wine with your wife and read your stories to your kids. Like bullshit. Stop it. Right. Yeah, like no, that's that's and <laughs> for me, I have two kids. So there's no listen, no real work is able to really get done until no. pretty much like after they're asleep. I mean, like, let me I could get some stuff done, but I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So right. they're not they're not gonna let you focus a hundred percent on what you need to do unless you're barricading yourself in a room or something like that. Yeah. So you have to have that flexibility, you know? So don't be so stringent in your schedule, but pick your, pick your spots, as they were saying, you know, pick Absolutely. your spots. For sure, man. I appreciate that transparency, man. And, you know, and I hope more dialogue comes out and more authenticity about work-life balance. Cause you know, that's only going to help all of us solve problems and stuff. So I appreciate you, you know, talking about it and especially the decluttering part and organizing and prioritizing. A lot of us don't really know how to do that. I'm still searching for ways to do that myself. And, um, you know, and I'm about to get into some everyday journaling myself to help with decluttering. So I appreciate you sharing yeah. your whiteboard yeah, trick. Man. That was, that's neat. Yeah, yeah, man, definitely. So with COVID happening, man, how does that impact your app? You know, because there are certain cities and states, they'll, they put basketball hoops back up. They had took them down so folks didn't go to the park. Mm -hmm. So how is right. that going to impact your traction on your app once you launch? Um, well, it's been a blessing kind of going through this process with, um, with iOS is that we're kind of seeing how things are progressing. Currently hasn't affected us much yet because mm -hmm. the app isn't out. Um, and the way that we've been, I guess, kind of thinking about it is that we're going to kind of go with certain cities where we know we can actually do certain things within there. Our social media presence has been growing. We're looking to do other things to kind of grow that social media right. presence and then pick our spots to do different events in different cities when we yep. have the opportunity to. Um, so we've been lucky that it hasn't really affected us directly in regard to the events that we're looking to do. Right. Now we did face some issues with our app development process mm -hmm. because now the people that develop our apps, they're actually based out of Atlanta. Sure. So they went through a period where they were shut down. You know, they went through a period where they weren't going into the office. So it took a little bit more time in getting sure. our app developed and going through those stages mm -hmm. because of that, you know? So we've definitely been affected from that, from the back end side of it. Um, luckily we haven't been affected from the front end and, directly working with customers and subscribers and things of that nature as of okay. yet. 
All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'll let you off the hook on that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So for those who have been impacted by job losses due to COVID-19 and is exploring entrepreneurial options, what advice do you have for those wanting to pursue this as an option today? Um, I say do it. I say you need to think about not what the world is today, but what the world is going to be after today. Right. Um, I think, and you know, I've had this discussion with a couple colleagues and friends of mine is that the world is going to be moving more to remote more than ever. Yep. You know, right. We going through this process and it's been strenuous and stressful and all of these other things that you can put an adjective to, but what companies look at is their bottom line. Right. Right. So companies are looking at this and they're seeing, okay, my productivity is up. People at home working remotely, they're finding that their productivity is up and their costs are down or could be down. Yeah. Because those big facilities that they have that are used to house people and have people come into work, why are we paying that large rent? Why are we paying that when these people are working from home and they're more productive at home than they are when they come to the office? So you have to look at that and say, okay, what can I do from a small business standpoint? Or what am I doing from a small business standpoint that's going to actually world is going. Mm-hmm. I think that that's super important right now. Super important. Being able to have technologies and things that are going to be able to be attached to working remotely, I think is going to be something that is going to take off within the next couple of years. Even out here in, in Pennsylvania, yep. the school system is going to be working remotely until December. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, I'm working from home until December. Right. Um, who knows what's going to happen in January. If things get better, yeah, we may end up back in office. But if if it's one of those things where they still don't feel 100% comfortable, we're still going to be at home. So there's a space and an opportunity in order for you to disrupt what is the system that is going on today. It's It's an opportunity. But you have to really understand what your product is Yep. You have to understand what you're looking to get out of it. Yep. If you already have been through the steps of creating this business, understanding how can you pivot? You know, a lot of people look at pivoting as a bad thing. No, right. pivoting is good if you're utilizing it in a way that's going to grow your company and be able to take advantage of something that isn't taking place now. Right. There was a young lady based out in uh, Philadelphia who had a tech company that she was building that had something completely, she was dealing with something completely different, but Mm -hmm. she now is creating an app that is able to tell you what are some of the hotspots for COVID areas that you may, yeah, areas you may want to stay away from things of that nature. So you have to really look at it from the dynamic of where the world is going, not where we're at now. Where we're at now is kind of like that in-between space. Yeah. You know, it's in that in-between space. But if you look at how the markets are moving, if you look at the companies that are growing yep. exponentially, Peloton, yep. being able to work out at home, things mm-hmm. of that nature, Zoom, skyrocket in terms of the stock. Yep. You know, 
is things that are happening behind, not even behind the scenes, but it's things that are happening within the industry and within business yep. that companies are starting to realize. It may be, a, it may be time to step back away from what's going on. Like that's the main thing that this is doing. It's allowing companies that opportunity to step back, look at what's going on and really move forward. But um, I definitely think that it's a great time. Right. I think that remote business is um, going to be tremendous yep. in um, the coming, coming years. I think that um, one of the industries that I think is going to be pretty huge is going to be personal assistance. Yeah. I think that that's always been something that people utilized, right? But now you're working from home. Yeah. Now you have to be way more organized yep. than you were when you were at work. Absolutely. You know, and now everything is at home, yep. you know? Yep. So the, those executives that aren't going into the office, yep. that are working from home, that are setting their stuff up at home, they're going to need a lot more hands-on help with getting stuff organized and laid out at the house. All right, folks, he done gave his prediction. So pay attention to those industries so you can build some businesses and improve the value chains around those industries. And Absolutely. you can thank Keith Lewis for those tips. <laughs> <laughs> so got a couple more questions before I let you off the hot seat. So right. what, are your, what are your thoughts about the Buy Black movement that's going on? And has this helped any of your entrepreneurial projects or endeavors at all? Oh, I, I love it. I think that, um, I think that it was long, a long time coming. Um, I think that um, it's unfortunate that it took a situation like George Floyd for right. it to really, really push that envelope. Um, I think that there are some amazing black businesses that are out there that are now coming to the forefront. Even, you know, my wife and I, we now use black and mobile app yep. to, to look up restaurants and things of that nature that are black owned in the area. Yep. That wasn't something we were doing before, but right. this is now pretty much like uh, DoorDash or Uber yep. Eats and things of that nature, but specific to um, black restaurants, yep. which is a great thing. Awesome. Um, in terms of us, we haven't really seen the effect. Once again, our app is still in that process sure. of being developed. So we haven't seen the benefit of it, but I'm sure through partnerships and things of, the, of that nature, we're definitely going to be able to have some type of advantage and have some effect from that. You know, us both being minorities, um, Ace or Yinka, as most may know him as well, you yeah. know, being a founder and, and being a part of, or um, actually creating this run idea and being an entrepreneur, he's more just as much of a serial entrepreneur as I am. Um, and even more so in some degree, right. uh, he's always starting new businesses and getting his hands into different endeavors. Um, I think that we're definitely going to figure out a way to utilize that and, and, and take advantage of that opportunity. And not only that, assist others as well. You know, we've been really looking to partner with those smaller black owned companies that are looking to build as well. You right. know, most of the people that we partner with for our runs are all black owned businesses as right. well in their own regard, training companies, basketball companies, things of that nature. Awesome, man. No, that's what's up, man. And yeah, appreciate that. Um, so are there any other entrepreneurial projects that we should be on the lookout for that's coming from you or in the near future? Okay. Um, so right now my wife has a business that she's nice. working on. Um, 
And this actually started from just our love of family, Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody comes together in Christmas time and they always want to bring something to the table, right? Some people are doing the sweet potato pies. Some people are doing the mac and cheese and everything. And hers was sangria. And nice. she loves making sangria. She always enjoyed making sangria. And she has started to really like push the envelope on that and really starting to push actually making sangria a lot more than what she was before. So now she has become like her own full-fledged makeshift factory Why in the home, yeah. making her own stuff and building and everything. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm, I'm helping out with the business end. You know, I'm sure. the spreadsheet guy. I'm the yeah, nerd yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it know, comes with the territory, I, yeah. Right. That's <laughs> where I come into play. So um, that's probably like the, the biggest thing that I've been involved in other than, you know, just running and just working nine to five, man. But, yeah, I'm pretty excited with what she's doing. She's pretty excited with where she's going with it. And really, like, it's just taking it one day at a time, man. One day at a time. Run app is where we're going, though. That's That's like... Yeah. That's like where we at with it, yeah. All right, tell Chanella we may have to get her to get her on Blurp TV in the next few oh, months yeah, to talk man. about her sangria thing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Cool. All right, man. So how folks can find you on social media, man? Tell us your Insta, your Facebook, your Twitter, your website if you have a personal website. Got you, got you. Yeah, um, I'm currently working on my website, so I'm gonna leave that under wraps for a minute. Sure. But on LinkedIn, you can catch me under uh, Keith E. Lewis. Uh, it's uh, comma to CMA. You'll be able to find me pretty easily on there. On Instagram is Keith underscore Lewis underscore senior. I'm now a senior. I have a son that uh, uh, KJ, he is actually two. So I'm the okay. senior now. Right. Um, and then the other one that I want people to jump on is Run Hoops. At Run Hoops. Got to follow it. Check yeah. out our content. Check out the Run Live. We're, um, we're on there every Sunday. Um, doing interviews with different uh, sports cool. figures and everything. And we also have content coming up. So we're looking to celebrate. Hopefully we'll make it to 2,000 followers tonight. We nice. were about 25 away. Uh, we have an exciting giveaway that we're going to be doing once cool. we get to that mark. And, you know, it's, it's exciting, man. And if you have any questions, concerns, things that you're going through or things that you have a question about in terms of your career, Definitely feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. We could connect. I'll give you the best advice that I can give in, in that situation. I love connecting with people, so it's good. But make sure you come, make sure you, you connect, you come correct to connect, folks. Like, don't just be sending him <laughs> LinkedIn requests saying, hey, can you help me get a job? He's not right, going to respond. Right, right. So right, right. putting that out there, we got to <laughs> network and, and network better in today's time. Um, but Absolutely. no, Keith, this has been a fantastic interview, man. Really great to hear, learn about your entrepreneurial journey, what you're doing with the Run app, you know, your impressive background being a certified management accountant and, and learning about that career path that folks can take. And, um, you know, thanks for sharing all of that, man. And um, for those that's been tuning in to the Blurt Founder Story Series, um, this is our second interview. Um, the third interview is coming up next month. I'll keep you posted with details. Thanks again for joining. Um, thanks again, Keith. And until next time, peace out. Deuces, man. <laughs>